0: This is
1: the remix. Stewart, deep fly ball. Back it goes. And gone! Kelsey
0: Stewart, a walk-off home run for the United States. And they finish pool play 5-0. And they will be the home team in the gold medal game
2: against Japan. Gobert in on Durant. Nearly traveled.
1: Hustling rebound. Over to Fournier. And he hits. Evan Fournier. Final seven seconds here. Lillard, puts it up. Holiday, no, and that will do it. So France has beaten the United States in the first
3: game in Pool A. Final score: eighty-three to seventy-six. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. There is some news with the Golden Knights. Alec Martinez might be signing an extension. We will get to that in Bischoff's briefs. But for now, we spent the uh, opening of the show talking about our disappointing men's basketball team. But the good news is the Team USA Women's Soccer actually came back and they beat New Zealand 6-1. to one. They're now in second place in their group. They play Australia. You're getting up for this at, I think it starts at one fifty-five a.m. Pacific time. So okay. you you're staying up for that one tonight? Nope. Oh, I probably won't either no. um, because it's the Olympics and the, tw- just like basketball, 12 teams in the group stage eight qualify for the next round. The United States can probably lose and still advance to the quarterfinals. Um, if they get a draw against Australia, though they will finish second place in their group and they will qualify automatically. Uh, but they're in pretty good shape. The only real issue now for the women's soccer team is if they finish second, there's a really good chance they play the Netherlands in the quarterfinals and in the last World Cup. The Netherlands is who the U.S. beat in the um, World Cup final. The Netherlands won the European Championships the last time they played, so the Netherlands literally hasn't lost to a team in a knockout stage of a major tournament aside from the United States over like the last six years. So that's a really tough quarterfinal matchup. The U.S. will still be favored, but that's a much tougher matchup than you'd like to play in your first game. I think the men's basketball team is going to win gold. I have far
0: more confidence these ladies are going yes, win gold. I do too. I don't even, yeah. I don't think they're losing. Yeah, I don't think they. the will. men, I mean, we said it before. Now, like you said, if they don't shoot well, they could lose in the quarters because if they're playing a really good team, they could lose in the quarters, but I don't think they lose again. The women,
3: because unlike the men who we saw lose two exhibition games, the women yeah, coming into this had a 40, 40 like something straight. Yeah. yeah. Unbeaten street. Yeah. So we have seen them play really well recently. So I also expect them to win. Now, what I've really enjoyed is three on three basketball. So the United States women's team is six and zero now in three on three basketball. They had two more wins this morning. Um, the game, okay. First off, the games are ten minutes max, or whoever gets to twenty one first. So it right. might might not even take ten minutes. Which they're just it's just like rapid fire. It's a very quick dose of basketball. First point on three on three basketball for you. I will tell you all the time you shouldn't shoot mid range jumpers in five on five regular basketball. If you shoot a mid-range jumper in three-on-three basketball, you should be banished from the face of the earth. They should take you in Jeff Bezos' little (laughs) ship and leave you in space. More than 10 minutes. Because the math here, in regular basketball, you have two-pointers and three-pointers. But in three-on-three, it's ones and twos. So what that means is, for you to take a mid-range jumper, you have to make 66% of your mid-range jumpers for it to be an equal value as a 33% three-point shooter. 66% Sixty-six percent on mid-range jumpers. Nobody in the history of the sport has shot sixty-six percent on mid-range jumpers. If you take a mid-range jumper with more than two seconds on the shot clock, you're banished from the face of the earth. Yeah,
0: I don't know who the women are playing. You say Italy gave them a tough game today, but I watched the other day, and it was nothing but well threes and twos and three on three or layups. Yeah, I didn't see. Be. I didn't see
3: yeah. one mid-range jumper. It should. Yeah, you should not. Jackie Young took one in a game I, and. This is like, get out of here, Jackie. I, you doing?
0: I know that about this, and I know it's also obviously the Olympics have taken over the WCC format because the women are into the semifinals. Already, so, yes. <laughs> it's the West Coast Conference in Japan because the women of the U.S. – Kelsey Plum
3: has been advanced to the semifinals. Somehow pool play is not yes. done. <laughs> nice. They have another game <laughs> But tonight. they are in the semifinals. But oh, do they have the another sem- one? They play tonight. I think it's Japan They've tonight. already
0: advanced to the semis. And they're already
3: in the semis. They <laughs> they have they, There are – pool plays not done. <laughs> they're in the semis. <laughs> Another point about this. You shouldn't you you should never foul. You should always just give them the layup unless it's like game point. You should always just give them the layup if you get beat because first off, if you foul and you and they miss the shot, they get one free throw. That's one point. It right. counts the same as if they had made the layup. But if they make the layup and get the free throw, that's now 2 points, which is just the exact same as if they had hit a 3. So that's a nightmare for you, but more importantly, in 3 on 3 basketball, when you get to 7 team fouls, if you foul if you foul anybody just on the floor, they get 2 free throws, which in a normal basketball game, that's the equivalent of getting 3 three-pointers for getting fouled on the dribble. Right. Right? So that's after 7. If you commit 10 team fouls, they get the opponent gets 2 fouls, 2 foul shots. And the ball from that point forward. You should never foul in this sport. Which just is funny because, the again, I did, they blew this team out
0: the other day, but the team was uh, one foul short of putting Kelsey Plum on the line. Yeah. They just kept hacking
3: yeah. people. And uh, they, so Mongolia was one of the games. Okay, that's when I watched. That's when I watched. Just, uh, Sydney Colson's the post yeah, was, player for the U.S., Mongolia's tallest player no. was like 5'4. They just threw it into Sidney Colson and she it just turned was, around and scored. It was the tweet we saw last week of the Chinese girl
0: who's like nine feet. Yes. And she's playing in thirteen and under. Yes. And she was just like it was
3: ridiculous. That's exactly what it was. And then the other point on three and three basketball that I absolutely love. Even if you make the shot you can play defense on the team trying to get yes, it back to get it back to, check to take ball. it back. And, yeah, check ball. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Like I haven't actually seen many. Like oh, they make the shot and then they steal the ball right. before the other team but gets it could. back. But you can and and they. I mean, they do play defense. They legitimately play defense on it. So it's great because you will have girls like they'll knock down a three and then immediately they're going to play defense. And the other part of that is the other team they can take it out of the basket. Pass it out and just catch and shoot three if you leave them open. Have you seen Have you seen men yet? I have not watched there, any of the men's because the U.S. didn't qualify and I don't care. But there's men three on three. Yes, there is men's three on three. There's there's a few you and I were talking about beforehand. I haven't seen baseball yet. No, baseball doesn't start until
0: tomorrow. Okay. Maybe okay. Wednesday.
3: Maybe well.
0: It has to start tomorrow because you have to have the gold medal game in softball to where you can then take down the <laughs> outfield walls and say, well, now we're going to play baseball, even though we played softball on a baseball field this entire time. Maybe they're just waiting for the field. Maybe they are. I mean, seriously, I thought, I'm not kidding. They they, they just take down the are. temporary
3: fence like, well, that's no, a baseball yeah, field. The softball field yes. is just on the baseball field. That, you're, they probably are. Probably. <laughs> that's probably exactly what it was. We got to get softball done before baseball I can mean, start.
1: They have pro leagues, and
3: yes. like, there's not more than one
0: baseball field?
3: Which, by the way, softball, like the three-on-three over here, the U.S. and Japan had already yeah. advanced to the gold medal game, not even and the they semis, played, and they played their final pool that game That should have been the first other. game of pool play. The fact it was
0: the last game was completely stupid.
3: What, what, what? How are they already in the gold medal game? Pool play's not done, yeah. and they still have to play each other in pool play. What happened there? I don't know. Very bizarre, but the softball team's playing for a gold medal. Maybe they can score. You think they'll score? Maybe more Maybe they can than two score runs? more than a couple runs. Every game they've played is yeah. two nothing, one, one nothing, zero. or two one.
1: Okay, this is going to be kind of a Debbie Downer situation. But last reported that there was a hundred and forty seven people that tested positive in the actual bubble. It, are we going to like? Are there going to be sports
3: that just don't start? I mean, I guess I'm it's not possible, sure. It's possible, depending on the sport and how few athletes they are. I'm saying, like, well, also,
1: baseball's a lot of athletes. If no one has any pitchers, this could be a disaster.
3: That's true. Yeah. Like, yeah, like depending on the sport, it's possible. Like I like the triathlon was on yesterday. There was like a hundred dudes in the triathlon. You could like if 18 of them tested positive, yeah, we're still doing it. By the way, in the triathlon, okay. They start with swimming. Right. They're on this big platform where everybody's about to dive into the water to start swimming. And they started it. They whatever gun they shoot to start it. One of the boats that has cameras on it to follow them was blocking half the swimmers <laughs> from diving in. They they had to go. They had to get the other boats and go down and stop the people that had started and say, "No, you have God. to come back oh. because it was a false start because the boat was in the way."
0: The, uh, the funny thing I saw yesterday was women's road racing, and it was a lady who was the uh, huge favorite who crashed early, but then she came all the way back, which obviously she means she's an incredible cyclist. These are high-level elite cyclists. She crashed early. But the woman who won, I want to say she was in Italy, was so far ahead that the Dutch woman actually admitted when she overtook the lead after crashing, she thought she was in first. Because she had not seen the Italian make the run and the push to get ahead, so when she crossed
1: the line, she thought
0: she, thought she won. She, won. she told her coach, "She goes, he goes, oh, we got silver." She goes, "What do you mean, I won?" She, he goes, "No, uh, the Italian woman was 50 miles, miles ahead, and she's already like <laughs> having a drink of water, celebrating her goes, which was so bizarre because they, you know, the Dutch woman obviously amazed, and you crash, and you're still in the lead, but at some point, but yeah, the, the Italian was so far ahead, she didn't, she couldn't see, she didn't realize it, which is like, man. I mean, I don't think she would have pushed hard if she would have caught her, but it was like, that's
3: weird. It's crazy in individual sports, especially like racing, whether it's swimming oh, yeah. or track and field yeah. or whatever, that you can have people that much better than everybody oh, yeah. else.
0: It's unbelievable. Oh, there have been – maybe it was in Rio, and it probably will be in the next few days. There were shots when they do the overshots of the pool of Ledecky in some – she. and again, the, the crazy thing is people don't realize she's swimming against elite, elite, right. elite world-class athletes. There were some shots in Rio in the overhead – She was like almost
3: the length of the pool. I'm like, how much better is she than anyone in the world? Even the one she lost yesterday to the Australian, it was them too. It was them too, (laughs) yeah. Like the second turn, it's like, well, there's no one else in this race. (laughs) What are you guys even in this race? (laughs) I guess guess you can get a bronze. That's why you're in this race. Yeah, It's unbelievable in individual like racing that people can be so much better than everybody else. My other favorite part of the Olympics, and I have not seen this guy yet, but there is a story on the website swimswam.com. Great name for a website. An Italian swimmer named Santo Condorelli flips his dad off before every race, which is <laughs> the great, uh, unbelievable. And apparently, like they they talked to him and they're like, "What? Why? Why are you just flipping your dad?" Some guy in the stand. Oh, it's my dad. And the reason is apparently when he was growing up, his dad was a swimmer or something, and he was like, "Okay, at five years old, we're gonna, You're start, gonna be a swimmer. We're gonna start having you swim." And so eventually when he was, whatever, 8, 9, 10 years old, he would be smaller going up against guys that were much bigger than him. And, for some, and he was intimidated, right? He was, like, in his brain about it. And his dad told him, like, all right, just bleep it. Just, just stop caring about everything. Just jump in the pool. And at, after he told him that, apparently they looked at each other before his next race and just both started flipping each other off. That, that is awesome. And that was like, all right, we're doing that every time now. Because apparently he was like, that worked. And I just I started winning because I didn't care anymore. So I got to find this guy whenever he swims. I don't know when it is. I don't know if his dad's there. He better be because I need to see this guy right before he steps up to dive in. Flip the I, middle finger to to the crowd. I
0: hope, like anything, he swims the breaststroke and he's doing it because he thinks it's a stupid, stroke. Oh God, it's a stupid so he's like, stroke. So he's like flipping off his dad, like, why am I in freestyle? Why can, did you have me do this If stroke? he can
3: do the breaststroke or the butterfly While and flipping flip his dad off, off his dad every time he <laughs> Every breeches. time he takes a breath <laughs> and he's flipping everyone off, that'd be great. So, I love that guy. Incredible. My favorite non-American so did, far at the Olympics.
0: Did you like the Australian coach last night when she won? Oh my God. What a complete Which, nut
3: job. To be honest... If I was the coach of somebody who beat Katie Ledecky, I would probably yeah, have done the same thing.
0: I think that,
3: but she had already beaten her, and she was
0: the favorite. It's almost like you didn't have the seventh this is person. The Olympics, I know, but you didn't have the seventh person, like who had no chance. To beat her. The greatest thing is, as he's going insane, you see this v- appear, apparently very nice Japanese woman who's supposed to hold people back from <laughs> crossing. She had no chance, and she's kind of like trying to push her back. He's. Dry-humping the plastic (laughs) apparatus. And she's kind of like, can you please go back? She has no chance of holding this lunatic back. He's completely – and you can see her face like, what do
3: I do? This man is not supposed to pass over here. And it's like, lady, you have no chance. Just just keep clapping. Listen, I'm just glad this guy gave me a good celebration to mimic the next time Fake Horse wins a race. He gave a gift that will just keep on giving because how much will that be used every time you win anything? All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs where Alec Martinez is apparently coming back to Vegas.
1: Bischoff's Briefs. I'm afraid we need to use math. Bischoff's Briefs. I knew I should have checked your showboating globetrotter algebra. Bischoff's Briefs. Man, I thought you knew that algebra was all razzmatazz. Bishop's Briefs. Yes, I see. Something involving that many big
3: words could easily destabilize time itself. A tweet this morning from Frank Severali. Hearing Vegas Golden Knights are closing in on an extension to keep Alec Martinez off the market. Expect Alec Martinez to come in around $5 million, perhaps a little more, on a three-year deal. So a three-year deal for Martinez that would pay him $5 million a year. At the moment, the Golden Knights have less than $5 million in cap space. Um, granted during the off season, you're allowed to go over the salary cap by 10% so they can sign Martinez and be fine for a while. They don't have to make a move to make this signing happen. The interesting part on Alec Martinez, he is coming off his career best year in terms of points per game played. Obviously they only played, uh, 60 games, 62 games this year. So they didn't get to or 56 games. So he didn't have a career high in total points. But his previous career, I was 39 and a full 82-game season. He had 32 and played 53 games. So that is a points-per-game basis much better than he has ever done. It's the best shooting percentage he's ever had has been both of his times or both of his years in Vegas. Alec Martinez, though, is 34 years old today. This contract will have him playing for three more seasons And he's getting a raise. He's getting more than $5 million. He was making $4 million last year. This will be the most lucrative by-year contract that Alec Martinez will have signed in his career at over $5 million. And the Golden Knights are the ones paying it. I can't help but think this is a terrible deal by the Golden Knights because of Alec Martinez's age. They are paying him. Again, he turns 34 today. They are paying him based on him being really good last season and I just want to let you know. The Golden Knights once before have paid a 33-year-old coming off a career season with a massive contract extension, Mark Andre Fleury, and that has put them in cap hell for the last 2 years. And now they're going to do it again with Alec Martinez? I can't I Martinez was great for this team. He's helpful to bring them back. I can't help but think this is a bad contract the Golden Knights are about to give out. And also, not only
0: that, 34, and, I mean, good for him, and he's obviously a tough guy, but how he plays. Right. Like, he led the league, he led the play. He played with a broken broken foot foot
1: in the playoffs. Led
0: the regular season, led the playoffs in blocks, and I don't think he's going to show up next year and not be that way. In fact, with a a raise, he might want to be more that in his mindset that he's going to, oh, block more shots. He gave me more money. I played with a broken foot. At thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven, you said the same thing about Flurry, and you know we're going to get into it with Ben Goetz at nine thirty about like the rumors that they had. You know there was a uh, somewhat of a deal with Chicago, perhaps for, for Flurry. It goes back to the same level of can they possibly be-, be better than they were last year? I don't think I don't think anyone's expecting that from Flurry now. Can Alec Martinez have one more year where he leads the league in block shots? I assume he can, but this is three years. If it's a one year deal, okay. You want to give him five million dollars and he led the League in Blocks and you take a chance and he might be as good. But in three years, the way he
3: plays, he's just he's gonna be as good. Like I don't nothing against him. I don't think that's possible. Yeah, I, I would be like they are paying him for what he did last yes. season. That's what they're yes. doing right here. That this is not a contract for what he'll do over the next three years. That is that is not what this contract is. Because Alec Martinez entire career, he hasn't been as he, as good as he was last season. And so again, a guy has a career year in his early to mid thirties. Those are not the guys you give raises and extensions to. But for the second time, the Golden Knights are about to do that. And with Flurry, it it worked out in a sense that Flurry was awesome last season. But they were still in a salary cap nightmare. And they still are because of it. And you look at this Martinez deal. Conceivably, the Golden Knights didn't have to make an actual move to get under the salary cap for next year. They could have filled the roster out with guys that are making $800,000, $900,000. And they could have been under the salary cap, but now that Martinez is re-signed, they have to do right. something. And it goes back to the goaltenders: if they're going to move on from Flurry, if they're going to move on from uh, Robin Leonard, then that's then there's there's plenty of space, and you're good to go with this. But this move, until they trade a goaltender, re-signing Alec Martinez basically means they can't add any new guys. Like there isn't like they can't add a, a, a high-paid player with this move. Because until they move a goalie, like they're going to have to move a goalie to bring in any significant player to improve the roster. Are you
0: telling me Jack Eichel might have just been here to gamble <laughs> when he was seen on the Las so Vegas trip here? last night? He said, well, supposedly someone saw him. But at his cap hit, I don't know if you can bring him on right now without uh, moving on from a goalie. And I think everyone's waiting around. We'll talk to Ben about it, like the different kind of reports. I think that's everyone... That's what I'm most fascinated with. Which one do you move, and and, and you right. know when does it happen? Like I asked you during the break, like does it happen this week? Does it happen next week? And what you're saying is that they can't really go and get. I'm not. I mean, Eichel's like whatever. It's Eichel, a lot of people want him, but if it's not someone to that level, and you can't do it right away, then you got to move on from a goalie pretty fast. It seems right. like, yes. you gotta, like you got to like move on from someone.
3: Yeah. If there if there's any high pace or high paid, then you got to move on from. That that they want to sign or trade for. They cannot do it now. Assuming I mean. I guess technically the Martinez deal could be verbally agreed to and they just don't sign it right. until later. But assuming they sign this deal, make it official in the next few days, they, they, you can go over the salary cap, but you can only go over by 10% in the offseason. So you can't bring in a guy so who's making $9, 10000000 You can't bring you can't in Eichel uh, who's making no. $10 million. You can't do it. So if they're going to go get a high-priced player, they'd have to move on from a goalie first. So that creates this whole conversation of where do the Golden Knights find cap space? Well, they should be finding it with their goaltenders. That's where they should be doing it. They do not need to carry both of these goaltenders. But when does that trade happen? What does that trade look like? And the other point, we just saw this last year. Everybody knew the Golden Knights had to shed salary cap after they signed Alex Petrangelo. And so they traded Nate Schmidt and they traded Paul Stasny and they got back nothing for those guys. They got mid-round draft picks back for two legitimate players that could help a team win a Stanley Cup. With Alec Martinez in this extension, they are again over the salary cap and teams know they have to trade somebody to get under the salary cap. And so when you're trying to trade Fleury or Leonard, all of a sudden teams can say, we're not giving you that much because we know you have There's no to leverage. trade him. Yeah, I just I mean, they're going to move one of
0: them. I, I will not, until I believe it's not going that way, I will go back to a very, very simple statement on his exit interview us where Pete DeBoer said next year is different. When people said, oh, you know, you, 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 it was good that you had condensed schedule, you go back and forth until Leonard obviously got, uh, heard and then they went with flurry. And for a coach, that, that's put it this way, that's as much as a head coach or GM in that league will give you to paint a picture without saying anything. And when he said, yeah, but next year is going to be a different year, right then at that sex, like, all right, you're trading one of them.
3: Not that they shouldn't, they should trade one of them, but like that to me, like, confirmed it. Like when he says that, it's like, that's already been decided. And maybe more importantly than DeBoer is bill Foley alluded to it too. When he talked to Dave Shane earlier in this off season, when he said something to the extent of it's, you know, that that was last season, we had two right. great goalies last year. It's not going to be the same next right. year. So Foley's even again, yeah. how much does Foley really want to trade flurry? Probably not at all, but even Foley's accepted to some extent that that might have to happen this year. And he might not want it to happen, but Hey, if we're going to win a Stanley cup, we might, this is best for the team to win a Stanley cup. So yeah, I, I mean, that's the obvious place. What'll be funny is if they keep both goalies and find the cafe somewhere else.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I want that. To, I, I might want that to
3: happen just to see
0: Marsha's Instagram to see what he'll say if, if, he's the one tra- if they move on from him. Um, is there is the only reason is the only reason they would hang on to flurry is because in their minds, the window's like a year at most, too because why would you hang on to him over the younger longer term contract of a guy that the
3: head coach obviously likes so the logic in keeping flurry well he's only got one more year though. ...is looking that. beyond this year right because we Alan Walsh said he was quoted as saying they'd sign a reasonable extension right now the logic behind it is you could have Leonard and flurry for the next three years after this one and if flurry's willing to sign a deal for Two million dollars, right. then that's perfectly fine. Like that, there's no issue with having Leonard and Flurry if Flurry will sign for two million or three or even three million at that point. It's a little expensive, for yeah, because your you're still then, but, then you're at only at eight and not 12, but that's you're that's fine. So, that, that to me is the logic is this year sucks and you've got to eat that 12 million once again, but if you get through this year. You can have Leonard and Flurry again, assuming Flurry's. assume Alan Walsh isn't coming in saying we want to. Raise well, so, assuming he's 5. saying yeah. reasonable to me is five or six. Yeah, but if if, if reasonable means two, two million, or three, 3 million, that, that's the logic. Is you can you can have Flurry and Leonard. You can have this great goaltending tandem, even though at some point Flurry's going to fall and off. He's yeah, going to be pushing thirty nine. But he, but even if he does, you've got Leonard and Flurry. Does that's the logic? Is you can keep this guy. He's the face of the franchise. He's going to go down. He's going to get a statue and all this. And if you can just eat it for one more year, it'll be affordable after that. That's the logic. But again, you're in a championship window. You can legitimately win it. And, and you, there's a center out there that can help you win it. And you could be throwing away one of those years right. because you're spending $12 million on goaltenders. So, but that, that's the logic behind it is get through this year, and it can be affordable from there on out. Coming up next, Ben Goats gets or gots joins the show. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Joining us now from the Review Journal is Ben Goats. Ben, how are you this morning? Hey, Benjamin. Not too bad, guys. How are you doing? Good. Um, are you surprised at the report from Frank Severali that the Golden Knights, not necessarily that they're going to try to extend Alec Martinez, but that's going to come in over $5 million?
2: Yeah, Alec Martinez got his money, which is obviously it's a good job by him and his agent. I'm not super surprised that the AAV is coming in that high, just because it always seemed that, you know, Martinez was probably going to get a raise if he wanted to go to the open market on his $4 million average annual value on his last contract. So that coming up as free agency got closer and closer is not a surprise. But I think well, what a good job by his agent is to get him three years. Uh, you would think that, you know, two years might have been the sweet spot for him because he uh, is turning 34. As we're talking uh, today, happy birthday to Alec Martinez. I'm obviously sure it's a much happier birthday now, but getting three years I think is a you know good job by him and his team. I'm sure uh, you know because he probably wanted to stay with the Stanley Cup contender, he's only played you know out west in his NHL career. I'm sure his agent made it clear to the Golden Knights, look, if you can get somewhere in the ballpark of what we think we're going to get on the open market, he's likely to stay here, and that's exactly what I think this deal is. Could he have gotten – Probably a little bit more AAV if he ended up going to market on Wednesday, probably. But I think this is close enough where it feels like a fair enough deal for both sides, and the Knights are able to bring back a really important piece of their blue line. If uh, you know all the T's get crossed and the I's get dotted,
0: would you be surprised though in three years, given how he plays and you know the whole warrior bro- broken foot? He blocks all these shots. I mean, three years down the road, what kind of uh, decrease in ability or production could we see, just given how he plays and what his age would be?
2: Right. That's what makes this deal, obviously, very risky, is you're giving a guy a three-year deal when he's turning 34 years old, and he hasn't exactly been uh, careful, let's say, with his body, which (laughs) the Knights obviously love, and his teammates love. Now, the thing for the Golden Knights is, uh, obviously, right now, this is going to create some salary cap issues for them. Again, they're probably going to have to subtract at some point this offseason, and there's obviously a number of ways they can do that. But, you know, if you project them moving forward, some money does start to come off the books, you know, and can free up some space for them. You know, Ryan Reeves and Riley Smith are expiring deals heading into this season. So next offseason, that frees up almost $7 million of cap space for the Knights. You can add an extra $2.5 million on the blue line because Braden McNabb, is a pending UFA, and obviously Marc-Andre Fleury and his $7 million uh, are going to be a pending UFA as well, assuming an extension doesn't get worked out this summer. So the nice projecting forward are going to have a little bit of space because you assume that they're going to backfill some of those positions you know, with this farm system that they've built and have continued to build in the draft last week, and So that makes this probably a little bit easier of a risk to swallow for them, knowing that while – you know, they obviously had almost no financial flexibility last season and are likely going to have little financial flexibility this season. Moving forward, the things are going to get a little bit
3: looser. So this year, they've got to figure it out somehow. What are the odds that they figured out without moving on from Leonard or Flurry?
2: They're still relatively high. There's a lot of ways that they can do it without moving on. From one of those two guys, I mean, Nick Holden last year was kind of the guy that got them under the salary craft because they waived him and he passed through waivers. Now they could do that again, and that would be interesting because last year he had two years remaining on his deal, and so I don't know how many teams were willing to take that on in kind of a flat-cap world. Would a team be willing to take on Nick Holden when he has a one year left on his deal? That would be interesting, but they have him. Like I said, they have Ryan Reeves and his expiring contract at one point seven five million. That would give them, you know, enough breathing room to get under the cap, assuming they don't want to make any extra moves. And then you've got, you know, a bigger ticket item like Riley Smith and his five million dollar uh, salary cap hit, where he's heading into the last year of his deal. I mean, he said in his exit interview he was hopeful that he could work out an extension with the Knights. And so, depending on how those talks go, that could be another piece the Knights are willing to move to get some breathing room under the salary cap because you have Alex Tuck kind of waiting in the wings to be a top six right wing. So they definitely have options even without moving a goaltender, but that's obviously going to be, you know, the big focus moving forward of, are they going to try to keep that goalie tandem intact and try to make this work other ways? Uh, it's possible, but obviously the goalies are one very easy way to do it.
0: Yeah. Reports over the weekend, uh, you know, people thought maybe Leonard a Jersey a report that there might have been talks with Chicago on Flurry. So give us your gut feeling if they move on from them, and can it happen Can it happen quickly, like starting Wednesday, or do you think they wait?
2: I think it's got to happen around Wednesday the day free agency opens because at that point, all the teams that they're talking to, uh, like said reportedly, according to Elliott Friedman, a sportsnet uh, New Jersey for Leonard, Chicago for Marc-Andre Flurry. I mean, that cap space that those teams have isn't going to you know, stay there forever. I mean, even Chicago, you would have to imagine the fact that they just acquired Seth Jones and signed into a $9.5 million extension uh, per year means that uh, maybe all of a sudden Chicago was less keen to take on the kind of money it would take for them to get Marc-Andre Flurry. You never know how serious those talks go, but if the Knights uh, are interested in moving, you know, one of those guys, I think would have to happen before free agency opens because there's going to be a lot of goalies on the open market. I mean, Colorado has still not come to an agreement with Philip Grubauer, who was a Vesna finalist last season, along with Flurry and Andre Vasilevsky. So that's a big guy to watch. So once the market opens, these teams are gonna have options. So it has to measure the Knights wanna get ahead of that. Otherwise they're probably looking at keeping their tandem intact for next season and trying to figure out their salary cap in other ways.
3: Why haven't they traded Florida to Seattle yet?
2: Apparently, Seattle wanted to go cheaper with their goalies. They've got three cheaper of them with already with uh, Chris Drieger and Vita Vanacek. Uh They're taking, obviously, a much different approach. I mean, their own Marc-Andre Fleury was sitting there, in Carey Price obviously at a much higher cap hit and for more years than Fleury was initially signed for. But uh, Seattle's doing things differently, man, uh, for better or for worse. They are not exactly like following the Knights' blueprint so far.
0: Uh, real quick, uh, finally on them, though, and we talked about this before you came on, two things have happened. Alan Walsh has said he'll take a reasonable contract. We don't know if that means $2 million or $6 million. uh, Or you could go to Chicago and we could have what we had last offseason. Okay, who's going to retain salary? What's more likely? If you're Chicago, like you said, or other teams, I mean, is it still retaining salary? Do you really think someone would pay $7 million, although he just has one year left?
1: Yeah, the
2: fact that he's coming off, you know, a Vesna winning season obviously makes it more likely. But with a Flurry trade, it's just one of those things where I probably will not believe it until I actually see a confirmed report that it's happening. Because you know that the owner Bill Foley absolutely loves Mark Andre Flurry, wants Mark Andre Flurry to stay. He's still the face of the franchise, coming off the best season literally of his career. I think it's a really tough time to. Uh, sell that big boss on this is the time to move him so we'll see i just have a hard time envisioning them wanting to part with either goaltender ultimately when it comes you know right down to it and they have to pull the trigger or not because i don't think foley wants to move on from arc-andre flurry and i would assume that the management team you know led by general manager McCrimmon, isn't keen to move on from uh, robin Leonard, a guy that they clearly believed in and you know uh, acquiring at the trade deadline last season, signed a five-year extension with him before you know this past season. I just don't know when it comes down to it that you know there are people in the front office that want to move from either of those guys to a goalie trade. I will really have to see it to believe it because I think there are just reasons that they will want to hang on to both, even though as we've discussed often, it's not the best financial setup for a goaltending tandem.
3: Um. Which superstar player will they trade this year's first round pick Zach Dean for in about two years?
2: It'll be interesting to see who's available in two years. Obviously, (laughs) they've got options if they want to go big this offseason. Jack Eichel has still not been traded, so we'll see if the Knights are sniffing around him. Definitely haven't heard them connected to him in a while, but... You know, it'll be interesting. Obviously, as we know, the Knights are never boring. So they've certainly put themselves in a position with their cap space moving forward. And the fact that they've hung on to a lot of their picks. I mean, even though they've traded away picks for Alec Martinez and Matias Janmark, they still pretty much have a full uh, cupboard of prospects and picks moving forward. So they're going to have ammunition the next time they want to get aggressive.
0: Were you expecting it or surprised they found two guys named Jerko?
2: Because they're not Jerko. They I, I'm Jarko. calling them Jerko. I, I don't
0: really know what their names are. But they drafted two guys with the same name.
2: They drafted two Jakobs. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm is, staying
0: with Jerko, but ja, I guess Jakob's the correct way to say it.
2: Yeah, one uh, from the Czech Republic and one from Slovakia. It was impressive. I mean, maybe uh, their big, giant electronic draft board accidentally sorted by first name. And so they're like, hey, the two highest-rated guys on our board. Who knows? Uh it would be definitely interesting, but we'll see. You know how either of those two guys pan out. They're both uh, fourth round picks. One in the top of the fourth, and one at the bottom of the fourth. So they're both guys that you need to see a little bit of something from before you really consider them a big prospect. But that was funny them going back to back.
0: Yeah, that I, I we were talking about the NHL draft early. It is funny because ninety nine percent is like we have drafted Jerko Phillips. He's going back to his team. Like in no other draft, like did all of them, like don't even show up. They're like he's going back for two years. We'll see this guy in two and a half years.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. That's just how this system works. And it's obviously very interesting that, you know, because it takes a while for all these guys, especially in Canadian juniors, to reach the AHL. uh, The drafting team doesn't really have control of their own prospects for like (laughs) years down the line. Um, So we'll see how that plans out. Most of the guys the Knights drafted this year are planning to be in Canadian juniors next year. Not all of them were in Canadian juniors last year because the OHL season got canceled so some of them, you know, headed off. To Europe but it's expected that I believe their top four picks will all be in Canadian juniors and so well you know it'll be interesting to see we'll have to check back once they actually are eligible to sign their entry-level contracts whether you know they're doing well in Canadian juniors and worth getting to the silver Knights or not
3: favorite event you've watched in the Olympics so far
2: Oh, my God. Where do I even start? I mean, badminton (laughs) is crazy. I mean, if you guys watch Mixed Doubles badminton, that is (laughs)
3: insane.
2: I uh, told my girlfriend we need to start prepping for 2024. (laughs) Now she was very aghast because I said it like something catastrophic had happened in the house. And she came, like, flying down the stairs wondering what was wrong. (laughs) And what was wrong is that we missed our window probably to be Olympic badminton. (laughs) Like, everyone would want to do. I mean, that's incredible. I am obsessed with handball. Uh, I don't know why that's not a bigger American sport. Why couldn't I play high school handball? I don't know. Uh, And I will say, uh, I'm going to, you know, get brag here for a second and say that one of my best friends, girlfriend's brother's girlfriend (laughs) girlfriend is an Olympic swimmer. She did great yesterday. So shout out to Regan Smith crushing the hundred backstroke. (laughs) And she's going to go for the gold tonight. Let's go.
3: That is a, Quite the uh, separation, though. Yes. What was that? Best friends, <laughs> girlfriends, brothers, girlfriend?
2: Yeah, you know, it's, we're basically close. I'm claiming this victory in this
0: world is my own. Tyler, everyone in I'm
3: Minnesota's is family. Oh, They're okay. all family okay. in Minnesota. <laughs>
0: everyone knows everybody.
3: Well, he is. Oh, uh, well, actually, Ben, if you were in Badminton, I'd be excited to see how they'd mess up your last name in the Olympics. Ben, goats, gets, or gots. It'd be great. Um, he Beautiful. has been goats, gets, or gots from the Review Journal. Ben, as always, we appreciate Thank it. Thank
0: you,
2: Ben. Hey, no problem, guys.
0: Interesting that uh, I, I mean every time I talk to Ben and others who kind of cover the team or close to it, like I go back and forth on if they're going to trade one of these guys. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. It's it's going to be fascinating to see if they move on because you know the Carolina needs. When you're reading these tweets, as they come in and come out, and who needs goalies and what people would
3: give up, and man, if they hadn't signed if they hadn't signed Alec Martinez, I could see yeah, don't do it. You just got to fill the roster with some cheap guys. But now they signed Martinez it's either move on from a goalie or move on from a actual piece An of, the, actual of the team, which seems like you're going to hurt your chances at winning the Stanley cup. All right. Coming up next. I don't know what's coming up next. Lines it.
1: Oh, it's fair. And the no hitter ends with one out in the ninth and Rooker is safe at second. We are back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff live from the Finley, Toyota ESPN, Las
3: Vegas studios. Ed, can I tell you who your new favorite baseball player is? Go ahead. He plays for the Astros. Okay. Uh, reliever Brooks Raley. Uh He was out. He had an injury, but he stayed out a little longer because his wife had a baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Hello, Muncie. He named his son Witten Rayleigh after Jason Witten. Oh, man.
0: Good for him. Can we trade for him? Can we trade the uh, a CSN kid who keeps coming up and then coming in and 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 and, and, <laughs> and grooving fastballs to people for game winning walk offs? Uh, maybe a quick trade there with the Astros.
3: They might have the same ERA. They both, they both
0: might. <laughs> Does be over he give six. up walk
3: offs? Well, he doesn't usually pitch late in games. Here's Charlie Backman, who
0: hasn't had a hit in a hundred straight bats. Although he has more hits in the last five years than anybody, will groove him a fastball and he'll walk off.
3: Okay. Wasn't that Charlie Blackman's first home run on the road? Yes, this Charlie
0: Black. Well. It might have been the Rockies' first runs on the road because the splits between home and away with that team are staggering. What was it yesterday? Um, It was like they gave the splits on average against breaking balls on the road comparative to at home for the Rockies, and the splits were so stupid. It's like that's almost impossible. Like it was just insane how bad they are on the road. And just as something as simple as like a breaking ball, like not even like wins and losses, it's like how can that be? It's, like, how can you be that bad on your splits in, like, one pitch? Yeah. It's crazy.
3: They they would be a legitimate playoff contender oh. if they played all 162 yes. at home. Yeah. They'd be the worst. The, the The Diamondbacks are on pace right now to have, I think, the second most losses in the history of baseball. If the Rockies only played on the road, they would obliterate yes. that, and it wouldn't be close. They'd win, like, 12 games.
0: And I guess, you know, well, we don't talk about spin rates anymore and stuff like that on breaking balls, but, and, you know, it's the altitude. I get all that. But you can't even you can't even say it's the altitude anymore.
3: Those numbers are no. Gone. When it's that it insane. was just so like stupid. It's, it's like that doesn't make any sense that they would be that bad against breaking yeah. balls on the road. Yeah, yeah. No, it like Coors Field helps you offensively. There's yeah. no doubt about well, that. Of but course, not yeah. to the point where you are going it's, from being like you're down to a pitch. Yeah, like one of the best offensive teams in the league to being the worst offensive team in the league when they're on the road or close to it? I mean, mean they got shut out. The Dodgers shut them out 1-0, and
0: it was like the 12th time on the road they've been shut out. It's like (laughs) you start hearing these numbers like, okay, that can't be true. They're not that bad on the road, and they are. They would have scored like one run in that series if Kenley Jansen had never pitched. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. Yesterday we bring in Hurt Joe Kelly, who's limping around on the mound. like, oh, is that guy Hurt also? But
3: he, he got well, the hey, save, didn't J- he?
0: Justin Turner went to high five him after the game and he like whispered and Turner backed out. It's like, oh, my God, this guy's hurt too. <laughs> uh,
3: but Joe Kelly got the save, right? <laughs> he got the save. It was his okay. first save in a really long time. I
1: mean, hey, at least he didn't throw it, you know, and break a window. Yeah.
3: That's true. That's true. It's always good when Joe Kelly doesn't
1: break uh, a window.
3: Um. All right. Quick Olympic update. I don't think this is live, but they're showing ping pong on table uh, tennis, NBCSN. They showed a highlight earlier of doubles ping pong oh. and I am stunned that you can have two people standing that close to each right. other playing doubles ping pong Well, how do they not hit each other
1: am I the only one that while well, you guys were talking to Ben Goats Gots Gets that he's just like oh man we? I told my girlfriend we gotta get into this Badman. this badminton and I'm like okay there's no way that I, I'm like alright how old am I like mid 20s yeah we're just gonna become Olympic yes. athletes <laughs> I have never heard it that level of confidence just expressed all of a sudden. The, the, but doubles table tennis, yeah, all right. I got to cover this section of the of the yes. of the table. I'm on it,
0: man. And the table tennis, especially in men's doubles, the guy from the Russian team who's beating the American. That guy looked like he was like 6'5", like 220. You have two dudes
3: on the same side of that right. table trying oh, to yeah. hit the
0: ping pong balls. Like crazy. They're By not, the way. They're
3: not small dudes. That singles match between the Russian and the American. Yeah. The American looked like he was 17. Yeah. The Russian looked like he was 62. He was, 62. He's 62 is, like. was not, And <laughs> cool. the American's up five zero in the fourth. Or I think
0: it was the fourth side like, because he was, was down 2-1. It's like, can't hold the five zero 0 lead in ping pong? That's yeah. that's like volleyball. You get a 5 5-1, you're just going to serve it out. You're, it's hard to come back.
1: The one genuinely one of my favorite things. I want to say mid two thousands. The Romanians had a male gymnast guy had to be seventy five. <laughs> like he had, <laughs> well, he he did not just have like an eighties mustache. No, he had a full seventies cop mustache. There was a
0: gymnast. I forget. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was Romanian. She was competed yesterday. Her final Olympics forty six.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going yeah, on in the uh, European block.
0: And she's still doing, like, like, uh, you know, the beam and uh, the floor exercises. I'm like, all right, that's impressive.
3: I mean, she's 46. Did you see the Simone Biles interview where she said at age 24 her teammates make her feel like she's, she's old? She's old, yeah. Because all our teammates are 16. And the quote was they asked her how long she's been in gymnastics. She said 17 years. And they said, I'm not even 17 years old. How about the women's skateboarders? Here's your gold (laughs) medalist. She's 13. 13 13 year olds with a gold medal. (laughs) What the hell?